Welcome back to episode 31 of Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the Fall American. This podcast is brought to you by fmruclothing.com. We're here with a special guest, another special guest. He is the number nine ranked prospect for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's a Massachusetts boy. We'll wait and see if he has the accent here. Matt Taber, what is up, Matt? Uh, what's up, guys? What's up? I can, uh, I can put on a little Massachusetts accent if you want me to real quick. Might involve some that long, but it's all good. Let me hear let me let me hear the best Massachusetts accent you got going. All right, man. I mean, what the fuck are you talking about here, man? We're on the podcast. We're just out here in Harvard, you know. I'm bound to head down to Southie <laughs> to have a few beers with the boys, man. <laughs> that is electric. And you honestly might be the first ever Massachusetts born player on this podcast. That's and I want to mention something else too, because it kind of takes away from your street cut cred, but I'll let it slide because you were a nasty baseball player. You went to a prep school. Is this true? Are you a prep school boy? This is true. I'm, I'm a preppy guy. I don't wear any of that Vineyard Vines BS, but I, I did go to a prep school. So describe the prep school. And it's from actually a town that I'm from technically. I'm from the Canadian version of this town. It's Milton, yeah. Massachusetts. I'm from Milton, Ontario, Canada. What describe is this an all boys school? Because you're just you're just dropping points on the record scale. If this is an all boys school. <laughs> nah, bro, it was uh, it was 50 50. Thank God. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if uh, my high school was all guys, but yeah, so it was uh, half boarding, half day. Uh, and I was I lived in a dorm there for three years. Um, it was crazy, man. That was some of the craziest, craziest times of my life, man. You know, you you put you put 14, 15, 16 year old kids, lock them in a dorm. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of shit that can go wrong. So I got some, I got some funny stories from that. And, uh, it made me a man though, man. It made, uh, it made, uh, transitioning into pro ball, you know, moving across the country a lot easier. So I'm, I'm thankful for it. It was, it was great. <laughs> was your life pretty much like goodwill hunting? Can I, can I call, is that what your life was like growing up in Boston, just private school? You're the smart guy. Were you, were you pretty much goodwill hunting? To an extent, I mean, I didn't have the IQ that uh, main character Goodwill Honey had, but I mean, dude, it's it's pretty it's pretty spot on. I'm not gonna lie, and like, you know, I there was dude something crazy. I think like 42% of our uh, senior class went to an Ivy League school, so it was just geniuses, man. There was I, I was probably the dumbest kid at that school, and I'm I'm proud I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about that though, you you like you said, you were the dumbest kid in the school, but you might go on to make the most money out of the kids at that school. And they're all at the Ivy League now, just grinding. Actually, they're canceled. But uh, yeah, yeah you're, so you're pretty much laughing in their face now because you get paid to play baseball. So who's the real winner here from those kids at Ivy? You are. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, there's it, it is crazy though. There's a lot of kids from from Milton, from those ISL schools that will go on to do you know great things, man. I think we've had like three or four presidents graduate from Milton. Uh, some just crazy shit like that, bro. It's like you, you, that. It was crazy because, I mean, I was I was pitching games my senior year in high school with, like, you know, 30, 40 scouts there, and it was, like, nobody really cared. It was crazy. Like, I mean, there's there's kids that are, you know, graduating high school and going to be congressmen and doing all this crazy stuff. So it, it, it was a cool situation for me. I wasn't really the big man on campus. I was more just, like, kind of fitting in, you know, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, but were you the guy that get got majority of the girls, though, or was it the smart kids? Or, or <laughs> was it the, did the did the smart kids trump the athletes at this school? Was it a little bit sideways? A little bit, man. I mean, I, I don't know. It was the whole scene, bro. was just so weird because, you know, you couldn't like as a boarding student, it was like damn near impossible to leave campus. You had to like sign out, uh, get the teacher's permission. You, they had to call your parents, tell them exactly where you were going, what time you'd leave, what time you'd be back. 
So like you're trying to go on a date, you don't want your parents knowing like there there's all sorts of shit, bro. That just it, it made life pretty damn hard. Uh if you were gonna if you were gonna uh, stay on campus. So So you were pretty much an Alcatraz. Like your school was like a um, a maximum security prison pretty much. To an extent, yeah. I mean like especially your freshman and sophomore year, we had mandatory study hall, uh seven thirty to nine thirty every single night except for Saturdays um they like take your phones and do all shit like that so yeah it's uh it was cool i mean it's like it's it's character building for sure you you find out a lot about yourself <laughs> and last question about the private school because people are probably saying why the fuck is this guy talking about private school school? <laughs> i'm sorry guys my bad uh would you guys get after it in the dorms would you sneak in booze do what i used to do at juco or was it just they would just raid your rooms all day no they were raiding it bro and like we had it was like a pretty pretty strict policy on that like you you get caught with alcohol it's like a week-long suspension and then next thing you know like your college commitment's fucked up and you know so it's it wasn't even worth risking we just did a bunch of stupid sober shit which was pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) so i mean so it was pretty much a mixture of alcatraz and a rehab center you couldn't do anything there you were monitored all the time (laughs) where were you committed out of high school were you committed to an ivy league please god tell me that's not the case no, no, it wasn't, man. I was actually committed to a pretty small school, uh, Elon University in North Carolina. Uh, one of my good friends, you know, played there. Um, he's with the Brewers now, actually, which is pretty cool. He's a shortstop. But I always looked up to him uh, growing up. This was back before I was a pitcher. Um, and so he committed to Elon. And I just, you know, I don't know. I wanted to follow him kind of weirdly. Like, well, 15-year-old me, 16-year-old me was super impressionable. But, I mean, that school's pretty cool. It's a good spot. I still got some boys down there, so. What kind of offers did you have, though? Because, I mean, to be a, fir- a third-round draft pick, which I didn't mention out of high school, you must have had offers coming, like, just shipped to your school all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, bro. And I tell people that I really didn't have that much crazy interest. I think part of it was because I uh, I had committed, like, super early. Uh, I committed the summer, my first year ever pitching that summer. And, I, bro, I went, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. Like, I was – there's, like, stuff written about it and everything. But, like, people were like, Tabor had a growth spurt, like – Bro, I grew, like, six inches between my junior and senior year. So, like, going into my sophomore, junior high school, I was honestly, like, I was just average, bro. I wasn't anything good. I was, like, my sophomore year, I was, like, 78 to 82. Uh, We're, like, a pretty good slider. And, I mean, got guys out, but, you know, I wasn't anything special. And then that school took a chance on me. Um, I had four schools to choose from at that time. It was uh, Pitt, Coastal Carolina, Northeastern, and Elon. And, uh yeah, I picked Elon, and then, I mean, I went down to Jupiter um, my junior year, and I shoved against the Canes, the Evo Shield Canes, which was honestly probably, dude, that, that might be the best pitching performance I'll ever have in my entire life. Um, I threw, like, a complete game. This kid, Hagen Danner, uh, he's with the Blue Jays now, second-round pick with the Blue Jays. They ended up winning one nothing because Hagen hit, like, a 700-foot moonshot uh, off me uh off a hanging curveball but like after that game i started to get contacted from like vandy louisville a couple schools like that but i mean i was i already signed my noi so there wasn't much i could do yeah and and this is something also that's pretty funny i read about you and this is why i just hate the old baseball nerds the baseball freaks from and i'm just gonna single out baseball america here this is how they described your fastball i don't get it doesn't make any sense they said which is just the funniest analogy ever. They said it tickled up a bit in the fall. So you tickled <laughs> a little bit with the fastball. What a stupid, stupid fucking reference. It tickled up a bit in the fall. So he tickled his fastball, and he was he went to, from 88 to 90 to 91 to 94. So thank you, Baseball America, for giving us 
that just the most random reference on Matt Tabber's fastball tickled up a bit in the fall. So when did you get that growth spurt? Because as it says here, clearly you tickled up. You started at 88 to 90. When did you kind of the first time you jumped up in the mid-90s? Yeah, well, first off, it's worth noting that my entire offseason, I just tickled myself. So that's why I started going. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, bro, I was, uh, you know, I, I trained pretty hard. I didn't really know what I was doing in the weight room, which is kind of funny. Uh, so, like, I was, I think I was deadlifting, bro, like five days a week or something. Just absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, so, like, I, I just, I figured, you know, I went to East Coast, bro. I went to Area Code, you know, had my success. I was good. I, I knew how to pitch. So, I mean, like. A lot of guys there just throw hard. They don't know how to pitch. Um, so I was able to get guys out again. But still, you know, if they're on 87 mile hour fastballs, it's not really getting going to get your professional looks. So I just figured that was going to be kind of the same uh, the same thing going into my senior year. And then I we went down to Florida for, you know, our, our spring break week trip. Um, and my first outing there, I was like, just asked, about, asked, my, asked the coach about my VWO. And he was like, yeah, bro, like, you hit 95. And I, would, I was like, dude, no chance. Like, I thought you were stuck with me. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, like, from then on, dude, I was just, like, every single game was either a five or a six, like, topping out that every single high school game, and I'm, like, shit just kind of exploded, bro. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't one of those high school kids that, you know, knew he was going to get drafted out of high school from age 13. I was, you know, up until, dude, even on my flight to Arizona, um, after the whole thing, after I'd been drafted and everything, I was, I still didn't have my heart set on anything. And I just, I remember my agent at the time just told me, go big or go home. And like, whatever that means to you, go big or go home. So I just said, fuck it. And it's, it's been the best decision I've ever made. Well, clearly, I mean, you don't have to, first of all, now it, technically you would have been a junior this year. So you would have kind of got screwed over with this whole sports being canceled thing. And, and just, I want to put on the record, if you, if I would have faced you in high school, cause you're younger than me, that 87 stuff wouldn't have flew with me. I would have just launched it over the left field fence. So just, just pray to God that I didn't go to a Massachusetts private school because I would have had the Ivy Leagues call and maybe ASU, which is the sweater I'm wearing, and they would have been knocking when I'm taking Matt Tauber deep. But actually, that wouldn't have happened. We'll just The joke's over. I, I, my bread and butter range is 80 to 84. If, you, if a pitcher throws that, it's game over. I'm just sending balls back to Canada if I did that in the U.S. So let's talk. You let's so let's talk about the draft. You, like you said, you get drafted by the Diamondbacks in the third round. Were you one of those guys that were kind of expecting the first round, or was it like I'm surprised I even went in the third round? No, nah, man, it was. You know, I there was a lot of uncertainty going in. I had been told so many different things from so many different people, and this is actually a, a pretty funny story. You know, I, I like to keep it close to heart, but you know, it's uh, it's worth telling for this. Uh, I actually had a draft party on the first day. <laughs> And couldn't get picked, which is outrageous, right, dude? So, well, let me run you through this. So, I, I had like, you know, I was, I was trying to keep it close, close to home. Like, invite like, you know, ten of my best friends, have some family members or whatever. And word got around my school that I was having a draft party, and all these, all these high school kids are like, "I'm Tabor's friend, like, I'll go." So it ends up being like 150 kids, bro. And it's like, it's bad news. Um, so I and and I'm going all out because my agent at the time again is like. Um, you know, tell me, tell me certain things, you know, what to be expecting, all that. And so I was pretty much expecting, you know, we're, we're going to go uh, here. So it'd be pretty cool to like have, uh, have everybody there. And so I set up like a projector on the side of my house, streaming the draft. And we had like champagne and we were, we were ready to, ready to get after if I ended up getting picked. And dude, that is to this day, one of the worst nights of my life, bro. I'll never forget like sitting on the, uh, sitting on like the curb outside my house and just like 
everybody's driving home and like patting me on the back. They have no idea what to say because these kids don't know. They don't understand that like I'm probably gonna get picked the next day and everything's gonna be fine. Um, but yeah, bro, it was <laughs> it was a it was a humbling experience having 150 people at my house and not getting picked. It was pretty brutal. That's one of the nights, even though you're underage and we don't promote promote underage drinking here. But if you're in Canada, you would have been a legal drinking age. That's one of the nights you just crank open any alcohol of choice and just glug it. If, if glug is even a word, I don't know why I even said glug. I don't think that's even a thing. But you just yeah. pick up the nearest Bud Light that even go deep into the trenches of like vodka, Ciroc, whatever, and just chug it and just say, <laughs> I, this night never happened. Is that what you did? Like, was it hard for you to sleep that night when you have the draft party? It's first day and you're just you're just chilling there and you're just hearing everyone's name get called besides yours. Yeah, it was, dude, I honestly couldn't even tell you. I, I blacked out, man. I don't even remember, like, what I was thinking. Like, I was just so, so sad. I mean, I mean, I knew, like, you know, and at that point, too, I barely even knew what I wanted to do. So I was just, like, stressed about it in my own head. And plus this, I was just like, whatever, man. Like, I think it was that breaking point where it was like, whatever happens, I'm just going to go with the flow. Um, but, yeah, man, thankfully, I got picked the next day. And, like, my parents, too, like, my dad's, my dad's the best. But he's, like, he gets, he gets into baseball. You know, he's he, he's in it. He like he's he tries to control the whole situation. So he was he was stressing out even more than me and going crazy. And like my mom has no idea what the hell's going on. So she's just like trying to be there for me. It was just a, just a big shit show, man. It was, it was funny. Is he going to be one of those dads that like follows my the podcast Twitter account? Because we get those all the time and it's absolutely hilarious. Like Dude. we get players, moms and like dads like following the Twitter account. Like retweeting, liking everything, and like sometimes responding to the to the podcast. Like, so can, can we just predetermine that? And I'm gonna say, what's up, Mister Tauber? I'm just gonna pre I'm gonna pre say that for when he listens to this, because I know he's gonna be dialed in on this podcast. No, bro, I I 100 promise you that. And here, I'll tell you that too. I'm not even gonna tell him. I'm not even gonna send it to him. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna see if he can find it on his own. That'll be fucking hilarious. <laughs> he finds it on his own, bro. He's got he's got Twitter, dude. He like he finds everything. He finds all the rankings. Finds everything. He's I mean, it stems from a good place, dude. He's he's proud of me. You know, he he was an athlete. He uh, played Division One football at University of Massachusetts. So he's a you know hometown Boston boy. Got even a worse Boston accent than me. Um, but yeah, man, he's uh, it's just, he's just proud of me, man. He's in my corner, you know, as 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 uh, as crazy as you can be. Sometimes he, he wants the best for me. So. We're all in your corner here, and and, look, and letting the numbers speak of your stats, which we're gonna go into a little bit later. But I wanted to bring up something. This I am dead inside. This world is dead. I have nothing to pretty much live for with sports gone. People are probably thinking, "What the hell, Johnny? Why are you going? Why are you changing ways here?" I like people don't get this. Without sports, what the hell? do I have in my life? I have nothing. And the fact that Major League Baseball is gone, I can't even watch, I can't watch Giancarlo, or not Giancarlo, saying, I can't watch Vladdy Jr. hit a nuke off a low A guy in spring training anymore. What the <laughs> hell is that shit? What is, there's nothing to, I'm literally, this is the lowest part of my life. I've been, and this is a funny story. I, yesterday, I was dialed in on gambling horse racing. I was gambling on Australian and Ireland and Ireland and UK horse racing yesterday. That's how low it was for me. I had nothing to gamble on. So I just wanted to put down the record that what's going on right now is literally the like the lowest of the low of my life, which is why we're doing two episodes a week to keep my mind off it. So let's talk about that. Let's discuss that. You are you were a guy obviously there. You're in Arizona. You're a professional baseball player. What happened when they said we're just gonna bang it? No more spring training right now. Yeah. Well, first off, it's funny that you said that horse racing thing, bro. Me and me and my boy Levi, 
uh last year we were dude we were going to this like uh little horse horse betting place like seven nights a week it was right next to our host family's hotel we were doing that shit running it, <laughs> running it through the table it was awesome it was like one of our favorite things to do bro you got like 12 screens all different races it, it was so fun but uh <laughs> but yeah dude in regards to like the spring training dude it was it was crazy man we were hearing lots of shit we had uh you know i think one of one of my teammates um one of my early guys had like a fever and he was, he was sent to the hospital and all this stuff. So there's just rumors flying around like this kid's dying, like blah, blah, blah. And like, no, nobody has any idea, but uh, we had a meeting at the hotel. Uh, our farm director told us, you know, come there and just basically said, Hey, we're sending all y'all home. Um, we'll get you guys flight info. If you're from the area, uh, we're going to keep in touch and uh, hopefully we can get the facility back open for y'all to train at. And like, basically don't ask questions because we don't know anything. And uh, we're like, okay, we're head home. And, you know, I, I was I, I didn't want to get on a plane, so I was thinking about driving. Um, but I got an apartment out here. I've been out here the whole winter for the off season because I didn't want to go back to the snow and the cold and all that shit. So um, I didn't want to like pay for an apartment that I wasn't uh, wasn't living in. So I'm, I stayed out here. I'm staying out here for two weeks and then kind of just gonna reevaluate that and figure it out. But it's it is crazy, bro. It's um it's nothing like I've ever experienced before, and it's uh. I'm trying to take advantage of like this time as much as I can too. Cause how many times are you like employed, like playing professional sports, but like you're not mandated to do it at 21 years old. Like I could do that. I, I want to go have a time, the time of my life right now. I'm not, not necessarily like boozing, going crazy. I still got to train, still got to throw, but like, I don't know, like dude, flights to Hawaii, 300 bucks. Like maybe I fucking go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. You like might as well just fly out there to Hawaii and low key a little bit, get after it with the booze. You know, we'll just, I mean, you're on the off days, throw a bit, have a couple white claws, just get, get into, get into a little bit. Cause you don't never know when this is going to happen again, man. Cause you're, you might be pedal to the me- pedal to the metal in like three weeks. So might as well just kind of take advantage of it. So you're in Arizona. You, you said you're in Arizona. Yeah. Um, what, what is that spring training like compared to the Florida one? It, 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 are like the facilities more closer than it is in Florida? Like, are, are they all driving distance? Yeah. So the farthest one uh, in Arizona is 45 minutes and we basically never play. Uh, that's like the Rangers, the Royals and the Reds and the Indians are like the farthest ones. But I don't know, bro. I mean, like, like I said, I'm with the D-backs my whole career. So I never experienced Florida or nothing. Um, I've heard from some of my buddies on, on the, some Florida teams that their travels brutal, like four hours, five hour trips, bus rides. They're staying over, like staying in hotels, like the season during spring training. And I'm like, dude, thank God I'm in Arizona. Um, I love it out here though, bro. It's, it's a blessing to be out here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's great. I mean, my apartment's great. Like you've been, obviously you've been to Arizona, you know, it's uh it turns off, it gets pretty crazy. So if, if you want to go, you know, get in the club scene, it's, there's everything, there's everything here, bro. It's, it's clean. It's awesome. It's, it's a great city. Yeah, so pretty much I have a place to stay if I go to visit Arizona next winter. So we're just going to put that on the record also. Just crank some Arizona bars, you know, do some content pieces. I'm maybe getting that bad against you. I don't know. But that's, oh, yeah. th- that might have to happen next year. Someone remind me about this in eight months, nine months from now because I'll probably forget about it. So <laughs> someone remind me that I have to go to Matt's house in Arizona or apartment in eight, eight or nine months, and we'll figure that out. It's going to be international flight, obviously, so it's going to cost a little bit more, but I'll soak it. For Matt, because Matt's going to be covering the White Claws. So just put that on the record also, too. So, <laughs> let, so we, we've gone off the rails here. Let's talk about your playing career. And I just want to let the listeners know who are, who are new to Matt, who don't really know that much about Matt. This guy, every single level has made hitters look like me in the batter's box. He is just embarrassed hitters at every single level. And I'll read you his ERA from all three levels. So he was in the rook, in rookie ball. 
He had a 193 ERA, so his ERA was below his body weight, which is good for pitchers, not good for hitters. My my average was below my body weight. People, that's not good. So think about this. This is the opposite of that. The second one is in short season A, he had a 3.26, and then last year where he had the most appearances, he had a 2.93 ERA, which is Cy Young shit. We're gonna call you the Cy Young of High A full season. Um, that's what we're gonna call you. So talk about your success in the minor league so far, man. Like, what's been going good for you? And let me mention this also. Number ninth-ranked prospect in the Arizona Diamondbacks farm system. Whatever. Not a big deal. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about your success so far in the minor leagues. I mean, I, I think, dude, like, I, I've been blessed from, you know, a young age. Like, a lot of guys that get drafted in high school, they get drafted just for throwing hard, man. And, you know, I think that's it's, – it's a tool, but it's not all pitching is, you know. And I kind of had to, when I first got into pitching, like I told you earlier, I was 78 to 82, bro. And I had to figure out how to get guys out at 78 to 82. And so like that, me just like basically being thrown to the fire and being taught how to do that at, you know, such a low velocity and such a, like a below average that once I became above average um, with velo and like stuff, you know, it's, I still know how to pitch. And, you know, I think that's, that's been the biggest thing for me, man. It's just, you know, continuing to just compete and pitch. You know, I don't, I don't have like electric shit, you know, I don't, I don't have crazy stuff, man. My fastball is, you know, major league average 91, 94, I have a pretty decent slider and a good changeup, you know, but I know how to use it. I know how to change speeds. I know how to, I know how to use scouting reports. I know how to pitch in on guys. I know how to do all those things that I think are going to continue to, you know, translate for me up the levels. So that's just, you know, what I've, what I've been trying to focus on is just compete and like, you know, almost act like I'm still that 82 mile an hour pitcher, you know, act like I do 32. Like I, like if I don't hit that corner, like I don't care if it's ninety four. Like professional hitters are gonna take you take your shit fucking six hundred over the batter's eye, you know. If you don't locate your fastball, so you know, almost like keeping that you know underdog mentality and you know keeping that like undersized you know competing mentality. That's just kind of like you know driven me. You know, making twenty five starts a year. It's 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 a long season, but it drives me. It keeps me motivated every day. All that. Um, Last year, man, last year I had a really good year. I was really happy with it, um, you know, ERA-wise, but also strikeouts-wise. You know, I struck out way more guys than I did in Hillsborough, and uh, I developed a slider in the offseason with with some good help from uh, one of the pitching coaches. He's not with the Brewers. He was up in New Hampshire at a place up there. So we, we were locked in on all the Rapsodo, uh, all the Rapsodo numbers, tracking numbers, uh, edge front camera. We were like, Throwing a pitch, looking at it, looking at the numbers, and, like, making an adjustment. Throw another one. I would throw, you know, 10-pitch bullpens, but it would take 30 minutes because we were just constantly talking and you know, trying to work through stuff. And that, that was huge for me last year. So, you know, just refining those pitches and, you know, continuing to be the underdog, I think that's going to help translate for me. Yeah, and you've been both ages in the minor leagues. So I wanted to talk about this. You've been of legal drinking age in the minor leagues, but you've also been underage in the minor leagues. Describe this is honestly, I like the fact that I just came up with this question. Like, I'm going to pat myself on the back because this is insane that I just came up with this on the spot. What's the difference between being underage uh, in the minors to being of legal drinking age in the minors? Is it a little, are you, do you get a little bit close with the guys? You can have beers after the games and stuff? It depends, man. I mean, I think that was like a way way more old school thing. Like I know some of our coaches were always like slugging beers in the clubhouse, like post game and all that. There's not much of that anymore, to be honest with you. The only time it really affected me was like when we won championships and like champagne showers and they would get us the stupid ass, uh, like sparkling grape juice or whatever. And we'd have to, pump that. <laughs> that sucked, you know, cause we're like, dude, we just worked our ass off and like, we want to ship and like, we're, we, we want to celebrate. But, um, 
yeah, I think even last year we had a few few young Latin guys and a few few young high school guys. So even last year when we won, uh, we clinched the playoffs and like we were celebrating with uh, sparkling cider and it's dude, it's still a great time. You know what I mean? But it's uh, it's not the same. So I'm excited for you know some point in my career, my first real first half clincher championship or somewhere i can actually you know slug back some champagne and pop it out it'll be pretty fun yeah r.i.p to matt's liver when this next championship (laughs) happens it's it's game over it's game over never stood a chance and if that's how baseball is like nowadays where you're not cranking beers after the games then i don't want to be a part of it thank god i never got drafted because i would have been the only guy just post game just cranking beers at the bar with just by actually with, by myself technically now that you mentioned that i thought it was like a scene out of bull durham where they're just after the game they're just going to the bar just ripping beers but <laughs> i guess everyone's just ripping fortnite post game now which is cool which oh, is completely is. cool and let's where is kane county that's where you played last year and i just i'm obsessed with minor league names obsessed with minor league logos and teams where the hell is kane county it's like 45 minutes west of Chicago, so it's dude, it's a pretty good setup over there. We we had a we had our share our fair share of fun. The only thing that blows there, bro, is it's like some of the places you go are just absolute trash, man. Like um, some of the teams in like Iowa, like Clinton, uh, that's the Marlins affiliate, and uh, damn, what's the other one? Beloit, Beloit's in Wisconsin. That's the that's the A's. Yeah, those are like two very well-known, like worst, worst minor leagues. Oh my dude, Beloit, and I feel bad for the residents of Beloit who, if they listen to this podcast, that city gets torched on this podcast. Every <laughs> really? single guest that I have had, pretty much, <laughs> when I say tell a story about a shitty minor league town, it's Beloit. That's the first thing everyone says. So Beloit, I mean, figure it out. Like this, it, it's starting to get to the point where it's I'm starting to worry. I might have to go there and renovate for the guys. I might have to figure. I might have to become an advocate for Beloit. So talk about talk about the minor leagues, man. Talk, do you have? You said you had a couple funny stories you wanted to bring up on the podcast. So let's go into it here because you, like you said, you've been through the trenches over here, yeah. Beloit areas like that. Dude, so I, I got probably my best stories from Beloit, man. This this one's pretty funny. But um, so so basically the way the field's set up, right? It's uh, it's like it's kind of like a U shape. And dude, this is like epitome high school field. Just like it's got the chain link fence with the yellow on top, like literally field, like so brutal. Um, but so we're we're in the bullpen, right? And there's a beer garden like right there, like right there. There's like a little patio beer garden. Um, and so there was like these six or seven dudes and. For some reason, bro, for some reason, they were at a bachelor party at a boy at Snappers game. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, dude, like, what, what? first off, what the hell are we doing? Y'all couldn't find anything better to do than go to a boy at Snappers game for your bachelor party. We're like, all right. So they're sitting behind home plate in, like, the the, uh, the metal bleachers, and they're just absolutely torching, like, the other team. Just crazy chirps, like, yelling this profane shit. And I guess one of the workers there was like, hey, like, like, you guys need to leave. Go down to the beer garden. If you don't sit behind a home plate, you guys can have free beer. <laughs> the beer garden. <laughs> oh, my God. They, bro, so so they come down to our bullpen, right? And they are just, like, slugging back shit, going off. Um, and this one guy, he's, like, he's pretty cool. And he's, like, talking to us. And he's, like, telling us what he does, all this stuff. And he's, like, uh, basically, I forget what he said, but he was, like, um, he was, like, if you follow me on Instagram, like, I'll do something crazy. And so all of us are like, yeah, we'll follow you on Instagram. Like, do something crazy. This will be hilarious. So at first he was like, all right, if there's a double down the right field line, I'll jump over the fence, grab the ball, jump back over the fence and run. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we're like, dude, like, we don't want to be a part of this, but like, sure, like, do it. Like, basically saying like, yes, but like, just don't t- don't say it. So it's like it gets to like the fourth, fifth inning. There's no double, and he, dude, he was ready for it. He was like getting ready to go grab the ball, and then he was like, just out of the blue, he's like, guys, what if I climb the foul pole? And we were like, all right, bro, yeah, like, do it. Like, <laughs> he literally walks behind, bro. Middle of the fifth inning, and he is he climbs all the way up to the top of the foul pole, and he is just up there, just like screaming f bombs and just like yelling shit from like up at the top of the foul pole. And then, dude, nobody notices. Like, there's like four people there. No, the game just does not stop. He's on top of the foul pole, and I have a dude. He took like a Snapchat video and sent it to us of him on top of the foul pole, which is outrageous. Uh, so then he gets back down, and he's like, we're just like pissing our pants laughing, and then he's like trying to convince us all to go to the strip club with him. Like in the fifth inning, he's like, dude, nobody will know. Nobody will know. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that. That's one of my very stories, bro. And like, well, I thought him. On, I thought him on Instagram, and he's like, we we talk all the time. He like came back to some boy games. Like, I got him tickets when we were playing there. It was pretty funny. We're kind of homies now. <laughs> <laughs> we need. I. I'll be honest with you. I need this video. That like. Oh, I'll send it to you, bro. The fact that this guy, like, that is the ballsiest thing of all time. I respect this guy. Let's say his name. Let's give him a free shout out here on this podcast. What's yeah. his name? Free shout out at DarkmanX20 on Instagram. I don't know his real name. <laughs> just the grimiest, just small town USA name. <laughs> Never use the name. That's the guy with the egg as his, as his uh, whatever, like <laughs> profile picture on Insta. He does not want his identity to be known while he roasts pro athletes. So he's one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys. So I and let's let's dissect that story. So you're telling me someone had a bachelor party in Beloit and went to a minor league baseball game at a pretty much a high school field. Is that so that's what pretty much went down? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, man. <laughs> this guy, and then he wanted to go to the strip club. And like I said, we're not gonna women shame on this podcast, but I don't even want to know what that's like in Beloit. I I, I <laughs> yeah, you, you couldn't pay me to go to that strip club. And I and like I said, like I it just it's minor league, it's trenches, it's 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 the low of the low, and that's the reason why I'm saying that. Is so Beloit just gets torched on this podcast. So <laughs> I might have to contact the president and get him on the pod to back himself up here. That's but good. It, what's the nicest field for, I guess, short season in the minor league baseball that you played at? Because some of them are, oh my goodness, man, these are these are like little league fields. Yeah, they're tough, bro. I mean, so my where I played in eighteen uh, Hillsborough, dude, that was probably the best setup, and it's it's a, it's a consensus, dude. It's it's our best affiliate, and it's one of the best affiliates in the minor leagues, man. They do it right. Um, Pretty much, the is sponsored by Nike, so it's the only like only team in minor league baseball to have Nike uniforms. So Nike hooks them up because obviously they're in Oregon. And then um, there's all sorts of outlets there. There's the Nike headquarters, and if, if you go as a player, Hillsborough Hospital, you get fifty percent off the entire store. So you're just going over there, bro, hooking yourself up, hooking your family up, getting whatever you want. And there's like an Adidas store too, fifty percent off there. Um, the field's like all turf, super dope, four thousand fans a night, people going crazy. And then there's social media game stepped up this year bro it was like the year after i was there they were crazy dude they were promoting the hell out of our uh our number one prospect christian robinson who's absolutely great human being um just super super great dude so i'm excited to see all the success he's having but um but yeah dude that that place is legit that's one of the coolest places i think i'll, I'll ever play man so christian robinson you played with him last year the number one prospect for the Arizona Diamondbacks, what is he like? Is he just a dog on the field? Because I have no idea who this guy is. So this yeah, is actually not is. helping me out trying to get him on the podcast. I love Christian Robinson. Christian Robinson's a beauty. He's a great guy. But what is he like, though? Is he what, what position is he anyways? 
He's center field. Um, yeah, he, he's still pretty young, man. He's from the Bahamas, so he's like, you know, kind of probably, I don't know if culture shocked or I don't know what it is, but he's super shy. Um, he's got a little funny, funny accent too, but, uh, he's just, he's just a great dude, man. You would, you would never know that he was, you know, our number one prospect, you know, Mr. Mr. Baseball pretty much in our system. So he's, uh, he's, he's a great dude, super quiet, but great dude. Matches baseballs, absolutely matches baseballs. So he's 18 years old. So he's like, he's 18 years old. And what level did he finish in last year? Was it high A or was it just low A? He was up with us in low A. So he, he was up with us in August for the last, the last little bit of the season. People don't understand that, like, an 18-year-old in low A is crazy. Like, that doesn't happen. Usually they stay in the in rookie ball. So he must absolutely be a dog. But is he just, is he just going to fly yeah. through the system? I don't know, man. I, I have no idea. Like you said, again, like, nobody knows what the hell is happening. So we'll have to see. I mean, I hope I get to play with him again, um, you know, up in high A, wherever, wherever I'm at this year. Because, um, dude, he's, he's great, like. You love when, you know, you, you go five innings with, like, two or three and, you know, Christian hits a fucking two, three on homers for you and you take get the other win. <laughs> like, it's great. <laughs> He's just one of those oversized kids playing Little League, just hitting bombs to win his team games. So, yeah, I know. And, and like you said, we don't know anything about the spring training or when it's going to resume and all that kind of stuff. But how was it going so far for you in spring training? Were you just putting hitters in your back pocket like usual or was it just you were just starting to get back into it? Dude, we were just starting to get back into it. I threw one YBP. That was all we did. Face three hitters. Went well. Stuff felt good. You know, shut down. <laughs> That's about it. You know, <laughs> boom. Shut shut it down. We're done. We were supposed to play our first game Sunday, but uh, obviously that shit ain't happening. So I, I don't know, man. They, they were taking us pretty slow, going to build us up and get us out. But yeah, that was, that, nobody really was doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's the thing that's so crazy about spring training is, is like, I don't think like fans understand this. Like you guys do so much work to like, I was talking to Amir Garrett about this. Like Amir only threw four games in all of spring training. And like you, you do all of that work. And especially you, you threw to three hitters and, and spring training was pretty much almost halfway done. And you've thrown to three hitters. Like it's a massive, like it's a slow process. And talking about that, what does your off season entail of like, do you do driveline or anything like that? No, man, I don't do much of that. I'm a huge proponent of Alan Yeager's long toss program. That's kind of, you know, I attribute a lot of my success and, like, my, my gains in high school to get me drafted to that. That was, you know, just having a set program for me uh, was huge. But me and Alan are still super tight. Uh, I talk to him all the time, and he's the best. But, yeah, so, like, it's a lot of that, man. It's a lot of just building up your arm to, you know, be able to take the the work capacity. It's, it's, I compare it to, you know, running a marathon. Like you don't just go out and run 226 miles. It takes you a couple months to, you know, 10 miles, 12 miles, 14 miles, you know, it, it takes a while. And that doesn't necessarily mean throwing to hitters, dude, because, you know, throwing to hitters is like the, the hitter in the box at the end of the day doesn't matter. You can't really control what he does. You know what I mean? Like all you can control is executing. So bullpens and stuff like that to me and, you know, make sure I'm shaping my pitches right. And that all my stuff is consistent going into that time when I'm facing hitters is going to give me, gonna give me the best chance to uh to you know get them out you know what i mean so like i usually start my stuff like in november i start hitting the gym pretty heavy um and then i'll start throwing like first week of december getting me built up to like you know one or two bullpens before we got a report for early camp and then we'll have you know three more bullpens and then libp once we get here and then once i have that libp man i'm pretty much good to go um at that point it's just building up innings so you got one and a two and a three and a four and a five and then you're going so yeah, and then and all the thing that I also wanted to bring up is 
is who's you've placed you faced a lot of like you've been in the minors, you faced a lot of prospects. Who's one guy on an opposing team that stood out to you the most or just mashes off of you lifetime? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I was texting you about it. The Taron Vavro, man. He's former former friend of the show. For actually not a former friend, actually, a current friend of the show. So yeah, Taron. That's the guy that's your kryptonite? Dude, there's a few guys, but I mean, as far as when it comes to spring training, I haven't played in like a league with him because the Rockies affiliates are all, you know, not in our leagues. But, bro, he just absolutely mashes me. And that, it's not even mashing me, dude. He just consistently just hits, like I said, 105 mile per hour line drives right by my ear every single time. <laughs> like, I just, I it <laughs> it's insane, no matter what I do. Um, but yeah, so, it, dude, he's my spring training kryptonite. And then, uh, you know, there's this kid with the Astros, bro. This uh, this past year was on Quad Cities. His name was Austin Dennis. He was like this, you know, late round pick dude, but he's just scrappy as hell, man. I, I have a lot of respect for him. He just consistently barreled me up always against Quad City. Um, so th- those two guys, man, and probably in high school, uh, you know, Joe Adele was one of the best hitters I've ever seen. Um, I only faced him that one time I was in Jupiter. Uh, pitching against Evo Shield, but he was he was impressive as hell. And one of my teammates too, Buddy Kennedy. Uh, we call him we call him Buddy Barrels because he just doesn't ever miss a barrel. He just absolutely hammers baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what an electric nickname, Buddy Barrels. That's yeah. a nickname that I want. I mean, yeah. I might have to forcefully name my kid Buddy just <laughs> to get that nickname to just to get that nickname to stick. And yeah. and, and in the Diamondback system, because obviously they've been struggling a little bit. Um, who's the who's like a underrated prospect or just like a guy in that system that you think is going to be an absolute dog in the major leagues? Yeah, let me see, man. I mean, honestly, we got we got a lot of them. We have a lot of them. I mean, I'm kind of obligated to shout out my boy. He's one of my best friends, man. Harrison Francis. He uh, he was drafted the fourth round, uh, 17. So he was like a pick after me. Um, and we've we've been boys ever since, man. You know, we kind of do everything together. Me, him, and uh, me, him, and Levi. We're kind of we got our own group chat. It's like it's like us against the world, man. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, man, Harry's uh, he missed all last year with a little elbow thing, and then came back with an oblique thing. So he struggled last year, but man, he came out this year. He was like 94, 96 with a 3,000 spin rate curveball and a nasty changeup, man. So I'm I'm excited to see what he can do, and he works his works his ass off, man. Same with Levi, both those guys. So those are my homies, man. I'm excited to uh, see what they can do. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks obviously got. Uh, I mean, they they kind of went for it this offseason by picking up a guy by the name of Madison Bumgarner, who went under a lot an Elias name while doing horse racing, I guess, or something like that. I don't, I don't know what it was for, but I have a suggestion for you. I say next when spring training goes back in there, you throw a bullpen beside Madison Bumgarner and big league him. I say you just just every pitch he throws. You just try to put a little bit extra zip behind that fastball and, and just look behind you at the pitching coach or just say to the catcher, did that move? Or just, just try to just try to alpha Bumgarner in, in some sort of bullpen or any way. I, that's my <laughs> suggestion. Give, give you a little brownie points in the dugout. That'd be pretty funny, bro. I don't know. We'll see. If I ever get the chance to throw next to him, anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is the second last question. Uh, this is brought to you by FMRU, which I mentioned in the intro. It's Fit Me Right Up Clothing. It's like online shopping. But you actually measure your me- – you get your measurements based off of your smartphone. So you just use your camera on your smartphone, and it measures you. It's like – we'll just call it customized clothing. That's what we're going to call FMRU. So you can visit them at fmruclothing.com. Anyways, this is the question that I wanted to bring up here. I say first pitch in spring training is another team. Brush a guy back. That's my – that that's another suggestion I have for you. Just brush a guy back. If it's not an inner squad, if it's another team, just throw a little inside fastball, brush a guy back. That's my suggestion, first pitch. 
Yeah, man. Hey, I mean, that, that's going to get your season off to a pretty hot start. You know, you, you kind of get on the mound. And you're like, ah, I don't want to hit this guy. But you start first pitch, man. You're throwing at it, dude. Yeah, you, you got balls, man. Let's go. <laughs> there, yeah, and this is my second last last question, which I don't know if that gra- grammarly makes sense, if grammarly is even a word. So we're just, have you ever been in a kind of a screaming match with another team or is, have you ever had a, a little rivalry going like a Matt Tabber rivalry where everyone knows when Matt's thrown to this guy, these two hate each other. Mono Imano's going out of here. Interesting, man. I can't, I can't say that, man. Last year, we had a pretty big rivalry with Wisconsin, which is the Brewers um, affiliate. But it, it, was, it wasn't me. It was more based on uh, one of my teammates' actions, Blaze Alexander. But um, he was just Blaze. Blaze. What electric for your your organization just full of electric first first names. Go into that brawl. What happened there? Did he pimp a home run? No, so I think the whole thing started, man. We we like took a series from him like in like June where it just doesn't matter. And he like picked up the ball that was left on the mound and threw it like four hundred feet over <laughs> our scoreboard. <laughs> and they were all just like, What the hell are you doing, bro? And like I got some friends on that team and they were telling me they were like like, dude, like tell boys use the fucking worst, like whatever. <laughs> and uh and then we played them. We we had the July Fourth series against them, and uh, dude, we we packed it out, man. I was pitching the July Fourth game, and I think there was like fourteen thousand people there. Like it was it was pretty sick for a minor league game, and uh, we were like, he boys started like throwing towels, not throwing towels, but just like in the dugout, just like towel rallying kind of, and like it was like this weird like towel rally like showdown, like they were <laughs> like going with towels, and we were going with towels. And then the, it, there were a couple times we almost cleared, but, like, it's just, I don't know, bro. It's, it's not worth clearing for something stupid like that, especially in the minor leagues. You don't want anybody to get hurt or, you know, anything bad to happen. But it's, uh, yeah, so it, it was pretty funny. We had, we had some good games with them. Uh, I know that they hated us and we hated them, so, so it was funny. Yeah, and this is, this is the last question here. And I'm going to get you to pump your tires a little bit because I've already pumped them so much in this <laughs> podcast. I've been just stroking you off here like I'm a little – like I'm a roadie minor league uh, groupie here. But uh, sell yourself here to the talk, – talk about yourself to the Arizona Diamondbacks fans listening to this podcast. Sell, like, just let, pump your own tires here. What do you have to give to the Arizona Diamondbacks on the field and most importantly off the field? Like talk about the kind of person you are. Okay, man. Yeah, that's a good question. Thank um, you. You know, on the field, I mean, I don't I, – I feel like I consider myself a pretty humble guy. I'm not going to go out there and, you know, talk about myself. I'm, I'm just going to go out there and compete as hard as I possibly can. Uh, every single game, every single pitch, you know, I, I don't back down. I mean, that's kind of the mentality that I've been, you know, gifted with, being that small guy coming up and, you know, being being picked on when I was little and, you know, everybody not thinking I can I can do it and being cut from teams and all that. You know, it's, it's, it's a big punch in the face for them to, you know, kind of look back. So I, I keep that with me. Uh, you know, as much as I possibly can. But off the field, man, I love to do off the field things, man. I'm pretty big on my faith. Um, you know, so being be just being compassionate to others, being being, you know, be, being a good person, man. I mean, it's not it's not that hard to do. Um, you know, but I think sometimes people can get away from it in this game, um, especially when you get a lot of money to your name. Um, you know, people can kind of get away from that. You know, do things that they wouldn't necessarily do if they were weren't playing baseball. So, you know, I try to put that in perspective. I try to just, you know, I, I like when people see me as Matt rather than Matt the baseball player, man, because I feel like I have a lot more to offer um, than just playing ball, man. It's, it's one of my talents, and um, I'm so thankful that God gives me with that, and that you know I'm able to do that every day. But uh, you know, just just being able to get out and like volunteer and like help other people and just you know use my platform, whatever, however big or small it is, to to help other people and, you know, maybe put a smile on their day. You never know what, like, little action 
you do that can help another person. So, you know, I, I try to go out and I try to be have the biggest smile on my face every single day because man, I, I'm, I'm blessed to play this game. I'm blessed to be in the position I am. You know, I've I've worked hard for it, no doubt. But I mean, it's 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 a blessing, man. So I want to try to be, be a light in other people's day. Yeah, and and I wanted to say the co- to the coaches that cut you are fucking morons. Like I, I mean, looking back on it now, a guy's a third round draft pick. And also something I wanted to say is is you're gonna be a little sneaky here when you get into the Arizona Diamondbacks. You might be a couple screensavers in the Arizona females around the region if they see you on the field there, see the little I mean, man missile, man rocket status on you. So again, there here we go. Here we go with the pumping tires again. But uh, th- there you have it, folks. I mean, future Arizona Diamondback pitcher. My future roommate, when I go visit Arizona, when I go visit Arizona in the winter next year, one of the good guys at baseball. Appreciate you hopping on this podcast, man. And uh, whenever this season starts and hell hell is over for me, hopefully we can get back into this and I'll interview you halfway through the season when you're carving again and probably in double A. Hell yeah, bro. That's that's the goal, man, to you know make my pages, get people out and hop back on this podcast, man. I'm, 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 I'm thankful for having me, man. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.